All right. So we are with Holly Darcy of HD Fitness LLC. You can find her online at hdfitnesscoach.com. And Holly, tell us a little bit about your business. What, what is it you actually do? Yeah. So right now, primarily I work completely online remotely. Um, I work mostly with women and I really am just passionate about helping them use and leverage fitness, movement, nutrition, and lifestyle practices and adjustments um, just to get into the best shape of their lives. Honestly, I think that a lot of women come into motherhood and they think that that's sort of it, or this is just, uh, you know, for the next 10, 20 years of their life that, you know, their fitness and their health just sort of has to go by the wayside. And, um, I can tell you in my experience, I, it's been quite the opposite. And so I'm really passionate about helping to change that mindset in, in the women that I work with, um, whether they have never lifted weights before and they are just starting their fitness journey, or, you know, maybe they have an athletic background from the past and they're sort of getting back into it. Um, or if they have, you know, goals for competition and, you know, in, in some fashion. So, um, just kind of meeting that person where they are and really helping to help them evolve while also, you know, raising a family and, and nurturing that side of their lives. So, in, so you're an online coach and trainer mm-hmm. and you're not, do you do any one-on-one in-person type stuff or it's all virtual? That's definitely how I got into fitness coaching. Um, right now I'm pretty much completely online. I will do in-person sort of hybrid style training for, I have a couple of local clients and we'll do that sort of on a case by case basis. Um, I don't have any regular in-person training clients at the moment. Okay. So it's a, it's a digital business. So very 2020. Yeah. Right. So that's pretty cool. And what's interesting is you have, have been willing. And I I think most coaches, trainers struggle with this you've been willing to say, Hey, I'm going to define my niche market as women Mm -hmm. and not get stuck trying to be that coach or trainer for everybody. How did you, how did you decide you wanted to focus on mostly women as clients? Yeah. And that's a good question. And and mostly women and and mostly moms. I mean, if you look at the, the base of my clientele, it's largely Um, I mean, I can get even more specific, you know, moms in their early to to late thirties, they usually have two or three children. Um, and you know, often, like I, like I'd mentioned, they are either just getting into their fitness journeys and kind of wanting to, to lift weights for the first time, or they've done it in the past and they're wanting to make sure that they can resume that in a safe, in a safe way. So, um, you know, even more specific than just women, um, that's kind of where my, where most of the people I work with fit into. So how did I get into that? Um, uh, I don't even know where to start. I think that lots of different experiences, but I think that I probably gravitate toward this, this group of people, uh, because that's my story, right? Like that's what I, you know, understand so uniquely and, um, I like to think that a lot of the women I work with are maybe just two or three, where I was two or three or 10 years ago um, in my fitness journey. And not that they're going to be coaching, but 
you know, sort of where I was in my athleticism. Um, I think that some of my professional experiences have helped. I, I at one time uh, managed a, a gym. Um, so some of that experience I think helped with my mindset around marketing and that sort of thing. Um, I've had a lot of mentors to help me and kind of, you know, lead me. And, um, and I think it's just been out of necessity. At first I did and could help everyone because I was just getting started. Um, but now I, you know, I've gotten to the point where this is my full-time job. And so I kind of know in the first 30 seconds of talking to somebody, if they're going to be a good fit. And that's not to say that I can't help others. I do. I actually have a handful of male clients. Um, I work with some people who are never interested in becoming mothers. Um, and then I work with some women and men who are older and in, in different, you know, seasons of their life with adult children. So, um, yeah. Does that answer your question? It does in, in kind of, I mean, uh, there's a tremendous opportunity by a business owner. And it's not just in the fitness space. It's really most or many spaces in being willing to drill deep and clearly define a target niche market to serve. And like looking at what you said, mom, late thirties, two to three kids new to fitness where you were a couple of years ago, that's pretty clearly defined. And what's nice about that is you don't get lost. You're, you're not going to get lost among all of the other coaches and trainers online because every potential client isn't your ideal client. Not to say that in, you know, that take the money for the coaches and trainers out there. If somebody really wants to work with you, if they're not within your ideal client definition, well, that doesn't say you don't work with them. But the opportunity for most businesses is to do what Holly has done and be willing to say, though I could train, coach, work with everybody, I'm going to find just a sliver of everybody and I'm really going to become an expert at that. And then when people are looking like when the person that, you know, I, I primarily serve when they're ready and they're looking for some support, they know. Like the, it, 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 and in 2022, it is becoming such a saturated market and you have to be able to stand out. I mean, you have to, if you, especially if you're primarily online. And so, I mean, I, I know that, you know, somebody I may connect with someone and I've, I've had this, I actually just, this happened to me last week. I may connect with somebody, you know, either locally or online. And we just, you know, we converse, we just literally just talk and, and keep connecting and they'll reach out to me two, three, four years down the road for coaching, you know? So, so even if you connect, you just never know, but, but when they're ready and when they need that support that you offer, they're going to know exactly who to go to. It, and would you say that part of that is because they see you as an expert in that area? not just as a trainer or coach, but when they think of Holly, they think Holly, mom, late thirties, two to three kids ready to start fitness or ready to restart fitness and not just Holly, some trainer that they met a couple of years ago. Right. So, you know, there, and there, there, it speaks again to that, you know, idea of such being such a saturated market, because at this point, like we all, 
you know, there are so many wonderful quality trainers out there and some that aren't, but there's so many great people out there that can help. But again, like I, I'm not necessarily the right coach for every single person. And I know that. And so, you know, and I think also like, I know for myself, when I was looking for a coach, like I have my own unique circumstances and my own unique roadblocks and my own personality. And, you know, just, we all vibe with different people. And so I think, you know, just putting myself out there. And also like maybe selfishly, like if I'm talking to the person who's going to be the right fit, that means that I'm also not attracting the people that aren't going to be a great fit. Because if I'm working with a lot of people who aren't going to be a great fit for me, that's going to be very draining and not very sustainable from a coaching standpoint, you know, for, for my business practice and for my personal And that's a, that's a struggle. A lot of coaches and trainers make is they believe that they are the best trainer for everyone in every circumstance. And it, it takes, I think kind of some age wisdom experience to realize that's just not true though. Yes. You may be able to work with and train and coach any population, but there's only going to be a couple that you're, you know, to use your word words, you vibe with and that you can really be great at working with the rest are just, yeah, they're stealing your energy. They're stealing your time and they're not helping you be a better you and be better at serving your ideal clients and customers. And that, you know, that too, when I look at, looked at your uh, Instagram, we first connected and I looked at your website, it was obvious that you had already identified some of these things. And, and these are things when we look at clients we work with that we we really have to get them to work through like you're not you don't you don't want to for example looking at the gym space and i owned a large commercial gym if you want to not make a lot of money open a large commercial gym and try and be all things to all people you'll never have the resources to be good at everything you just won't and you've identified that so that's i i think there you know there's a huge take home for people that are out there in the coaching space, like if you want to be good, take a look at, at Holly's website and I'll share the link, but it's hdfitnesscoach.com and look at how she's positioned herself. It's not as, Hey, I'm a trainer for everyone. It's here's my target audience. If you really want to work with me and, and you're outside of that, great, but here's my ideal people. And I, I, I love that you're, you've been willing to do that and you've identified it. Oh, thanks. Ray. I appreciate that. And so did, did you kind of just through trial error, keep finding that the more you went down this road, the more the mo- majority of your clients fit in that bucket, or did you have a coach, a business coach or somebody in the business world say, you know, Har- uh, Holly, you may find that you do better if you just focus on this one slice of the market. Kind of a mixture of both. So, um, out of experience, like, you know, when I first got started as a trainer, I was, and I was training people in person. So I was training everybody, you know, and that's the thing is that I think that being able to really specialize or create a niche, I think it's important as a very, very new business owner to have that sort of in the back of your mind and just be looking for that pattern of who do you tend to be gravitating toward? Who do you tend to be like having the best success with, because you're speaking, you know, in a certain way to everybody, but when you're really talking to that person, like that you vibe with, then they're just a good fit. Like it's going, you're naturally going to 
they're just going to take off with their progress. And so noticing those patterns, but I think that when you're first getting started out, you, you do just really need to gain experience. You don't, you know, it's, I think having a niche in the back of your mind is important, but you may not have that, have that luxury. Right. Um, so I think some of that has just been out of pure time experience, you know, practice. Um, then I have had a couple of really great mentors. Um, one guy, his name is Greg. He's, um, somebody that was the, the owner of the gym that I managed and, uh, started out coaching for. He's actually where I got my start coaching, uh, group classes and, um, eventually managing the gym as a general manager. And then, um, I did work with somebody in 2020 through a good chunk of 2020, um, who was somebody that honestly, he was, um, I heard him on a podcast and he, he was somebody, a, a business coach. Um, and he, his name's Matthew Park. He's great. Shout out to Matthew Park. Um, he was somebody who I really appreciated listening to him because he, um, I really, I really kind of connected with and was, was, um, gravitated toward because he was a father himself with young children. Um, he just really came across as someone who cared. And then when I met with him, I mean, that was, it was, none of that was, that was a, um, front. I mean, that's just really how, how the guy is and he's great nice. um, so I him for a time. And then, um, you know, we'll probably get into this a little bit more, but I do have somebody that helps me to sort of take my values and my message, um, and really spread that in a really like cohesive way with my marketing now. And her name's Lindsay. And so she helps me, um, I run, you know, the business side of it, but she helps me a little bit with some of my marketing and putting, putting my brand out there. And there, there's two things there. Uh, a lot of people underestimate the time piece. I, I always call it with clients tuition. Like you have to pay the tuition. You have to accumulate some of those experiences. You have to begin to understand where your interests are in the market, what you enjoy, what you don't enjoy. And then along with that, it's always a matter of, and, and I did this too over the years, it's easier to, to take a wheel that is round and rolls and rolls really well and plug it into your business and get rolling, then have to go out and figure out, should the wheel be round? What about a square wheel? What about a triangle? In, in, in business, that typically means hiring a, a consultant or a coach. And a lot of the successful people somewhere along the line have probably accumulated some experience. So they spent the time and then they probably made an investment that allowed them to take someone else's wheel and get rolling instead of constantly wasting time and, and losing out on opportunities. And it sounds like, you know, you've, you've had an opportunity with at least three different individuals to get some help to get some advice and maybe take their wheel and get rolling. And I, I am completely, I mean, that is something I am very, very much believe in is that much like continuing education, you know, if you're seeking out a mentor or another, like a business coach or something like that, you have to, at some point, maybe, you know, sooner or, or later at some point, I truly believe that as a business owner, you have to invest money in order to make money. And when I look at like my annual expenses with my business and everything, like, you know, when we're doing our taxes, it's kind of like, oh man, like that's a good chunk of money, but those are my systems. Those are my support people. Like those are my, you know, things that help me keep that, that wheel rolling, you know, smoothly. Um, 
instead of running into these like rocks and you know potholes along the way <laughs> and it's not and it's not that you couldn't figure out how to navigate the rocks and potholes you, no and i did you could but it's just faster yes <laughs> as you start to grow too you get to a point where you you realize you just cannot do it all you know and that looks different i think for everyone um so I think just being willing to ask for help or, or seek out, you know, whether it's educating yourself or working with somebody or whatever. Um, I mean, so many things I can think of, like things that I've had to figure out as far as like how to, you know, work Excel and how to get my payment processing, you know, set up. And um, my website right now is in its second iteration. You know, my first iteration with my website looked awesome. You know, I've made some changes to it over the years, um, but, you know, it's, it's everything. And I, I've just, a lot of it's self-taught and then you know when it's kind of the right time and the, the right move it's like okay let me see if hiring somebody to help me with this for a period of time is now and do you do you see value in having done some of that for yourself from the standpoint of being able to have an intelligent conversation to vet that person you're looking to for help so you have enough experience to know okay these are the things i need these are important for my individual business instead of just relying on somebody to just tell you the way it is. Oh yeah. And even with the people that I've worked with, I mean, you could, they'll, they'll tell you like, I know my business. And so there have been things where they, you know, maybe advised or recommended or suggested that I kind of just said, no, I don't think so. Or maybe this isn't the right time or, you know, Hey, let's table that and let's come back to it. Um, you know, in six months or something like that. Um, so I think, yeah, you have to know your, it's like, you know, I, I, you probably said this maybe, but it's like your business is like your baby, you know, and so you have to protect it. And at the same time, be willing to listen to others. And, and it's okay also to say, well, this isn't the right time for that, or I don't think that's the right fit. But I think being willing and open to try new things is important. And I, I, yeah, I think you have to, you have to have some experience. Like I remember hiring a marketing and ad company years ago. And initially I just kind of, Hey, this is what they said. So they're the experts. That's what we did. And then I looked at it and I'm like, this doesn't make sense for my business. And, and I had to be willing to tell them like, like this, this is wrong. Like I, I know you are in this space. I know this is a service you provide, but for my business, it, it's not right. And that goes back to having had some time to understand and be able to at least think critically about what you're being told or what you're being sold. That, and if you don't know, like if you didn't know your business at its core and your yeah. values and, and the things, you know, even as a business owner, like you have your business, but then you have the rest of your life too. And the thing, you know, they, they all have to meld together and work, you know? Um, and so, yeah, if you don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Or you'll, you'll be led in any which direction and, it may and one, one will suffer or one won't. And I see new people that are new to business trying to get started that sometimes they want to outsource too much. And there's some things like, at least until you have some experience, you just can't like you, I find tremendous value getting on the, to this day, getting on the phone with leads and prospects 
that's where you learn what the market really needs. You can't just say, well, I'm going to be a business owner. I'm going to outsource the sales process. Oh, no. You can't. Like you have to be involved and down the road and you can build a system and teach others to run the system. But but really, you you have to invest some time in that. Yeah, absolutely. There are certain parts of my business that that nobody else can do at this point right now what what would be like the what do you think the top piece of your business today is that nobody can do right now but holly so right now when people come to work with me they want my expertise they want to be able to work with me personally right now it's not to say that i won't ever have an assistant coach or or other staff you know in that way um but right now, if somebody comes to me for a workout, you know, workout programming, or they want to make some changes to body composition, they want a nutrition plan, um, they want to be able to check in with me weekly, those things. So like my check-in process, nobody else can, can do that. They can't, um, where they're, you know, checking in, I'm making adjustments to their plan, you know, giving them recommendations or, you know, analyzing that side of things. Um, from the programming aspect, you know, not to say that I couldn't hire another coach to, to make a workout plan and to program for another client, but those clients are going to be working with that coach. So um, I think just those things where it requires that personalization for that, for that client, for that individual, those are the things. And like you said, an initial, an initial consult or an initial sales call, like I would never have like my virtual assistant or a person who does marketing, like get on the phone with somebody for me to try to get that person to work with me. That just wouldn't make sense. And that, that was something that years ago I had to go through when I had my club, which was everybody wanted to work with me. I'm one person and I have a family and I have everything else that goes with a brick and mortar and it took, it took a little bit of time, but eventually we systemized things and we were able to do it. So my staff could deliver the same quality experience as I could. Yep. And the customers started to no longer walk in the door and ask for just me. But initially I couldn't do that because I didn't know, I didn't know what worked and I didn't know what didn't work and I didn't know how to do things. Or, or anything else but and that's sort of a, a a training thing um a culture thing and also a a leap of faith for the business owner so i think that you know what i mean by that is that the business owner needs to first of all recognize hey if i really want to keep growing if i'm in a position where i really need to you know offload some of this it's time to hire another person, you know, to help with this, for example, if, you know, I was going to hire an assistant coach. Um, so that just in and of itself, like you, you have to be able to set your ego aside and recognize like, okay, I may not be able to clone myself, but can I train someone to do a great job in their own way and serve, you know, their, their clients. So I think that like the training side of things, that leap of faith, and then that culture of, so like, if I was to hire an assistant coach, um, if I was in that position where, I, where that made sense, it's important for me as the business owner and the marketing side of things to be hyping that person up 
just as much so that if somebody's looking for a coach and they're coming to HC Fitness, they know that no matter who they work with, they're going to get a good quality, you know, coaching. That's right. And we taught it, I taught it to the staff and then my staff taught it to the staff. And I say this today all the time. It's like a happy meal at McDonald's. Mm -hmm. It provides the same experience anywhere in North America, a box, a burger, a fry, a drink, a toy. And even if you don't want the fries, you want apple slices, you still get the, you still get the fries because McDonald's knows that that entry-level employee that's working their first job can execute the same system with great consistency and quality control as long as you don't go and keep making changes to the system. So we eventually broke our training down. And my biggest fear was these people aren't me. How are they going to deliver the same level of service? But it's if you create a system, you can teach the system and people can run that. And then the relationship, we maintain the relationship with me in, in the facility, not the individuals. We used to do the individuals. And when individuals leave, the clients leave with them. Yep. So we call that, like when we work with clients, we call it protect the castle. And the, the castle is your business. And you are queen of the castle. And it's your responsibility to make sure that somebody doesn't leave with a bu- bunch of bricks from the front lo- wall. And then go build their own. Absolutely. Yep. So let's language. I totally agree. What about, so how did you arrive? So your profile on Instagram is good. And that's Hollyway Darcy at Hollyway Darcy. Correct. Mm-hmm. Just my Instagram. And so like your, your Instagram is pretty good, better than most. In two, two lines of text, it explains who your target ideal customer is. There's a link that sends them over to your website and there's a convenient buck, uh, button to book a consult. How'd you arrive at that? Like who told you that, or did you do that on your own? Trial and error. Good. I've always been, um, I remember, I, I think I've been on Instagram since 2011. I'd have to go back and look. I mean, anybody who goes to my profile, they can scroll back. Um, and so really with, as far as like marketing on social media, that's just been a lot of trial and error, playing around with things, noticing patterns of like what, what people, how are people reaching me? So are they DMing me? Are they going through my website? Um, sometimes gentle nudges, you know, if somebody does message me on Instagram and I say, Hey, this is awesome. I definitely want to talk with you next week. Here's, you know, my link, check this out. Um, but uh, trial and error and, um, probably Matthew, who I worked with in 2020, he, he kind of affirmed that. Um, I think I was already doing a lot of that and we spoke about that, but he gave me some ideas about how to refine that a little bit more, um, and make sure that if somebody was coming across my profile or if they were already connected with me that, you know, if they were seeing that information that they kind of just, you have to make it like as easy as possible. Right. And most don't. Like right off the bat, that's one of the things I noticed on your Instagram profile. Most people don't. And if they if they do have a, a training or coaching business, it's like their logo or something. And it says nothing about who it is that they serve and who their ideal customer is. And it's it's one of the easy gimmies. Like for those of you listening to this, like one of the first things you can do is fix your profile. 
your profile should say exactly who you are and who you serve. And there should be a real easy way to stop the scroll and give, give people a way to reach out and contact you. And I think in my opinion, and you know, tell me what you think. I think you have to do it in your target um, clients language. So yes. I tell people, Hey, I've got a master's degree in education. I have my NASA yes, CPT. I have this and this and that I've got, you know, all this blah, 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 acronyms. I don't care. No. You know I mean, some people like, you know, they may look, I, I, and I will tell somebody, Hey, check out my credentials. I've got them all listed on my website for anybody who's interested in that. I actually work with several coaches myself. So some do really care about that. But I think, you know, if somebody comes across my page and they're going to be the right fit for me, if they happen to stumble upon my feed and they see that at the top of my profile, my bio, Oh, like, perfect. You know, I, I want to make sure I friend this person or I want to make sure, you know, I follow them or well, let me check out their website, you know, just making it as easy as possible in their, in their language. You know, the people people that I'm working with aren't all coaches or trainers far from. No. And people want to know that you care and they want to see, and that's the next thing. So we tell clients fix your profile. And then especially on social media, don't make your content about you. That doesn't lead to people hiring you. They want to see people like them whose problems went away because of your service and that, you know, we can call it social proof. We can say testimonial, any of that type stuff, but a lot of people in fitness, it's, you know, uh, one more photo of them working out, one more photo of them with their shirt off, one more photo of them in a bathing suit. You might get likes and follows, but it's not going to turn into revenue. Yeah. That's been my experience is that side of things will get engagement and you'll get follows and then for me it's kind of that follow through of hey I'm gonna go check out that person's and you know if anybody's listening to this I will go back and like check out that person who just followed me and you know I will if if it seems like somebody that I want to connect with that you know maybe I want to learn more about them and see if, if there's some way I can help them I might follow them back or you know check out like hey you're also into lifting like this is really cool you know tell me like what you you know, what have you been working on? I see you learning how to use a barbell. Like you've ever done a competition, ever thought about it. Um, so just, yeah, I think that's been um, definitely something that I, because I started out Instagram was just by like personal diary. You know, I was not, it was not a business thing. Um, right. But, but overall, it was, it's been kind of an evolving thing where it's important for me to share both sides. And I do have people that tell me, um, like, I love seeing your bodybuilding journey. I love when you share about your powerlifting. So I think it's, some of that is to provide that inspiration and that motivation. And for some people that is going to draw them in, but not always. So I think you have to be able to provide a mix um, of content. And in, in that's like the most engaging content is always like, it'd be a picture of you and your kids doing something on like a holiday. That, that will get more attention than anything. Yep. And it's because people want to see that the business owner is a real person, again, just like them. Hey, she's just like me. She's a mom. She has kids. She has the same struggles I do being at that station in life. And then, oh, look at these other images and look at this other content where she's solved the problems of someone just like me. 
showing so client testimonials, client case studies, infographics, you know, establishing that authority, like, you know, uh, just across the board. So I do, I, I try to be thoughtful about providing a variety of content, um, not just one type of, you know, yeah, sure. I could post pics of me in a bikini. I live in Hawaii. Like I'm sure I'd get a lot of likes and follows from that, but that's not going to be great for my business. And that's, and, and that's where people end up, they get very lopsided. They'll have 10 or 12,000 followers, but they're the wrong followers. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're not people that are ever going to spend money. Nope. And so what do you, what do you do to, what are you actively doing to attract new business? So I have a pretty consistent marketing strategy. Um, my marketing gal, Lindsay, she's awesome. And she helps me out with um, periodic content. Um, because people want to see and hear from me, I'm doing a lot of, you know, I'm getting in front of the camera um, and just sharing about things that like I'm seeing as trends and, in, in, you know, patterns and weekly check-ins with my current, you know, roster of clients, um, things that I'm thinking about or experiencing or have noticed and kind of sharing about that. And then she's really great on the technology side of things. I'm okay with it. It just takes me a really long time. And so she, I'm able to like send her my videos and send her information and she puts it into something that you know, really looks great with my branding and kind of, you know, matches. So she helps me with that. And then she will help me with um, posting twice a week. And then I fill in from there and just, you know, sometimes I just share whatever I want to, or sometimes it's, you know, like, like a personal, you know, I share about my vacation recently and things like that. Um, made an update on, you know, my bodybuilding post show today. And then sometimes it's more informational. So I kind of, Lindsay's kind of my she helps me focus on the parts of my business that I most enjoy and that are like the best use of my time. Because if I am only focused or, or so much focused on just making content, that's taking away from energy. And, and I mean, a good half of my client base, like they're, they have all access communication with me. So like we can hop on the phone, we can text message, like my, my, retaining my current clients like that's the most important thing so it is important to bring on new leads but I can't only be focused on making content you know so that's I mean? and that's intuitive too the client retention a lot of businesses look at well we would like to grow we would like to increase our sales and make more money well fantastic but they do it in spite of the current happy customers they already have and it's it's far easier to generate more revenue and make more money by serving the people that already love you than it is to try and find more people that might be interested in doing business with you and might down the road become a customer. So it's, it's kind of cool that you recognize that and that, and yes, like you're not, you're in the business of coaching and training online. You're not in the business of creating video content as a, as say like a video expert so it's right. it's one of those things where your time is better spent serving your customers and your money is better spent having somebody like a Lindsay take care of the the audio video side of it for you and to be clear like i enjoy making content it's just you know when i'm looking at the the amount of time i have two kids i have to run a house like my husband's active duty and active duty in the military like 
he could, you know, there are times where he's working all weekend or he's just gone for months at a time. And so for me as a mom and a business owner, like it is all about managing my time appropriately and doing like what's going to, you know, have the biggest value. And so I think um, I always like to say, or like to think like retaining somebody, an existing client is going to be less expensive you know, from a financial standpoint, but also from an energy standpoint, um, if I'm constantly onboarding new clients and having a lot of churn where I'm constantly losing clients and it's like, you're, you can't ever really grow. So I really work hard. And I think if you ask any of my clients that you could tell, I work really hard to, to keep them on and to help support them through their different seasons of life. I have people I've been working with continue, continuously since 2018. And that's, in, in there again, you know, long-term, the long-term value of a good customer is, is really priceless. And there's clients I've had, some business clients I've had off and on going back over 15, 16 years. And I know them, you know, if, if we need to get something done, it's, it's easy. There's not a lot of wasted time, energy, effort, because we already know what the yeah. And, and I understand their business and they understand what I bring to the table and it works. Um, so for, again, for, for those checking this out that are new to business, you know, don't forget about your existing customers. And we teach it, you know, especially in clubs, especially people that have brick and mortar training gyms or even commercial gyms, studios, whatever name you want to apply. It's revenue per member. It's revenue per customer. It's revenue per client. And anything you can do to bring that up pays tremendous dividends at the end of the year when you're looking at your P&L and you're looking at your profit and you're looking at how much money the business made and you have for yourself. Yep. And you do that by offering more value. Right. You know, offering a new service or, you know, providing an add-on to their plan or something like that. Um, Adding a monthly accountability call or something like that you know, that, that makes sense for you as a business owner, but yeah, adding more value. And if you can increase that revenue per client, that's going to be, that's going to be better all around because they're going to be having a better experience. They're going to be getting more of you and you're not going to be as the business owner or the coach or whatever, the trainer spread so thin among so many people, quality over quantity, in my opinion. Yes. And that goes back to clearly defining the market you serve, having a niche, and then making that your focus. And then sure, if somebody comes along and they're outside of your ideal customer and they really want to work with you, we'll take their money and provide the service, but don't spend time trying to attract more of that person. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like some of those people that, you know, I have, I brought somebody on last week actually. And, um, it's, it's a male, he's active duty. And, um, you know, I kind of thought, I always kind of think to myself, hmm, I wonder, you know, I wonder how that, how that works or, you know, um, what, you know, what is it about my services or, you know, me as a coach that they're, they, they know that I'm going to be the right fit. But um, some of those people are my best clients. And so, you know, it's not necessarily that, that if they're outside of my niche that, you know, I don't want to say like, take your money because a lot of times it's a, it's a great coaching relationship. Um, and really positive for both of us. But again, it just has to be the right, the right vibe and the right, the right fit. 
And on the flip side too, like just because, you know, may I, I may do a consultation with a mom who's in her thirties and she's got two kids and we may realize like, Hey, this just isn't going to be a good fit. So sometimes there are those, um, I think, think times outside of the niche where it can, it can, it can work really, really well. And, it, and for sure, without question, but it's when, when the business owner starts to think, well, maybe I should focus on some more male active duty clients. Then it's like, if, if you stood up right now and tried to run to your right and your yeah. left at, at the same time, you will go nowhere. Right. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> so, all right, good deal. And what about ad spend? Are you running it? Do you, do you do any advertising? Do you have an ad spend? So it's all organic. It's all, which is good. Uh, yes. And that is something like, you know, I mentioned there's some things that have, that have been on the table and have caught my eye and have, um, you know, I've, I've thought about, and I've done some continuing education myself on um, as far as like my Facebook pixel and things like that, kind of, you know, getting some things on the back end. Um, but no, no ad spend right now. Um, something maybe later on, but right now I'm, I'm okay without it. Good. Good. And I like that too. And not that I would say the ad spend is bad, but if you can grow organically, I think you grow organically as long as you possibly can. Because once you start spending money, especially on current social media, we never really fully understand and know where our money went. Uh, all of the platforms give you all kinds of reporting and metrics and this and that, but you know, are the, are those numbers even real? We don't know. It's not like if I sent out a hundred postcards and 10 people signed up because I got the postcard, it's black and white. You for sure know, but you never really know. Did Instagram really show that many people your ad? Did Facebook really do it? Um, YouTube or Google? We don't know. So organic, organic's great. Plus it gives you a better, better opportunity to understand what your ideal customers really are interested in seeing. So when the time comes to look at and explore advertising, you know what message you need to put out there. And to that point, I think too, having, and I you know, mentioned this to you before a meeting is like not having all your eggs in one bucket. So like, I'm not just on Instagram. That's definitely where I spend most of my time on social media. Um, but there are some really great groups on Facebook that I'm very involved with and really love just you know, contributing there where I can. Um, my local community, there's some groups that I'm part of it in, in real life, um, you know, and I, and I network in that way. Um, you know, one nice thing about being a military spouse is we're moving every one to three years. So I'm making, making new friends all the time. Um, so not losing sight of that. You know, I've done some, done some writing for um, local periodicals and things like that. Um, you know, if there's like vending opportunities at, at various, you know, pop-up events and things like that. So just, I think making sure that, you know, we don't know the future of social media or Instagram or anyone, you know, we've seen it evolve, you know, from MySpace to, my husband mentioned like Vine the other day. I remember Vine, you know, and like, now we have TikTok. And so I think putting it will evolve, but the process remains the same. Oh yeah. You know, it's always going to be the same thing. Yeah. It'll just be a different vehicle. And when you look at, so a lot of times people want to be on every platform not every platform will be right for your, your ideal market. 
And there's data and demographics. You always make sure you look at the current ones that tell you what platform your ideal customer is on. But that being said, like Facebook and Facebook groups, you can't go in and just solicit people no. to become a customer. But you can go in as, as a good person that's just interested in helping. And when you've built and optimized your profile and people go to check you out, they're going to be like, oh, she works with moms in their late 30s with two to three. And you don't you don't have to try and sell them on anything. They already know you're a good person because you've helped out, answered questions and asked nothing for it. And eventually they'll come back and check out your pro Instagram's the same thing. You take one look at your Instagram profile and it's obvious who you are and who you serve. Yeah. People are smart. Like you can't just, you know, like, Oh, I'm this, and this is what I offer. And do you want to, you know, join me here, you know, pay me this much money every month. It'll be great. No, that's not how you like build trust and build a relationship with somebody. No, I, I, and how many people are doing exactly that? That's the, you know, that's the other, now don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with having cold outreach. I do it. That's how I connected with you. I do that all the time. Well, and how many like in-person realtors do that knocking on doors? Like you've got it, you know, you've got to hustle. Don't get me wrong. But you don't, you don't show up and say, pay me. Right. You know, that's the provide value first. And then maybe down the road, there's a, a opportunity that will arise, but the value comes first. Now, what are, what are your plans to grow? Do you have any plans? You know, we're coming up to the end of a calendar year. Are you looking at 2023? Do you have some goals already in mind or what are you thinking? This is a really good question. Um, my life kind of moves in seasons depending <laughs> on like where we're located and what's going on with my, my husband's own career. Um, and I will tell you right now, Ray, I'm at a point where I'm a about as busy as I want to be. And that's not to say that my business can't grow. Um, it just means that I might need to, you know, again, outsource some of that, whether that means bringing, you know, assistant coach on and, and training them up or having my virtual assistant, you know, take on a little bit more on the system side of things. So um, from a like coaching roster standpoint, I'm also in, I'm also doing some graduate classes right now. So uh, just finishing up the first semester with that. So um, I'm very, you know, privileged and fortunate to say like we have a dual income in my family. And so I, I have that option and I realize that not everybody has that option. Um, but right now, this past year has been a really great one in terms of steady, 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 not a lot of highs and lows um, that I've experienced in the past. And that's been really good. And that, and you know, you're, you're blessed, you're lucky, you're all of those wonderful words, but a lot of that is the byproduct of the things that you've spent time learning, understanding, implementing, and now are doing very well. Thank you. I appreciate it. So I, I think you, you have to, like, you didn't wake up and you had an optimized profile on social media. You didn't wake up and have a clearly defined niche market you wanted to serve so that there's some deliberate um effort on your part that made that possible and in that's it's great that you're in that spot you know and you know the path forward for a lot of people always becomes okay well how can i become more efficient at what i currently do how could i serve more people 
how can I systemize what I do, allow others to run the systems without compromising my branding quality. So back to protecting the castle. And it sounds like you're getting to the point where it's, it, it might be time for some new systems and, and maybe handing some of the systems to others so you can go and serve more, yeah. which is and exciting. That's kind of always on the lookout for is where, where are things, if I'm onboarding somebody or if I'm, you know, making, you know, corresponding with them or um, maybe nurturing, you know, nurturing leads or something like what are some things about that system or that process that I can either automate or outsource or make, you know, make it take half the time that it's taking me right now. And so that's cool. And I find that fun um, that I'm even in a position where I can recognize those patterns because it wasn't always like that. So, now, back to time. Yeah. Like it, that comes from time and paying attention. I mean, a year ago, I couldn't have hopped on the phone with you. I wouldn't have had time to make this appointment, but I am now doing more work, more of a bigger client roster and I'm making more money and I'm, my time is more optimized, you know? So yeah. Back cool. to the happy meal, right? Mm -hmm. You're finding a way to do that and that that's awesome. So we typically ask our business owners, little bit about best practices and we like to frame and package it in the top three do's and don'ts in business. And I know you and I talked a little bit about this already, but what would you say your, your top three do's are in business? You want me to just kind of run through them? Sure. Cool. So the first one, and this was tricky. Like when I was writing this list and thinking about this, um, there were some other things I wanted to say. And so I'm always like, I feel like I'm going to hop off this with you and say, oh, like, I really wish I would have also mentioned that. But these are just, I think, the, the maybe the top three that I thought of right away or the ones that just you know, were the most important that I wanted to put out there. So top three do's for business. First one is be patient. There's no such thing as an overnight success in business. So what I mean by that is, especially now in 22 people, 2022, people think like if they can just go viral or if they can just you know, <laughs> make just the perfect small group or whatever group coaching package that they're just going to have all these people knocking on their door. And I can tell you as somebody who has been coaching people since 2014, I've been, I've, my LLC was established in 2015. That's almost eight years ago now. Um, Cause it was January, 2015. Um, it's been a process. I remember having my first three clients, you know what I mean? I remember having where I would have 10 clients and really like, that was just very steady and just feeling really excited about that and doing and what I mean by that is like online, but also doing a lot of hybrid, you know, I was, I was hustling and doing a lot of in-person coaching as well. Um, and so just be patient. There's no, I mean, it takes, it takes. So what, in, in what you're saying is you didn't go from three clients to you have so many clients right now that you're, you're at a, you're at a point in a position where you don't really have time to bring more on. So there was a seven or eight year window. And that looks different for everyone. Keep in mind, I've moved four times since then. 
uh, maybe five or six times. I had a baby. I, we also had a miscarriage during that time. We had a pandemic. So there's a lot that's happened in between that time. And my timeline is not going to look the same as everyone else's, right? Um, but it's not just going to happen overnight. So if you're just getting started or if you're kind of in the middle of it, realize, like, look back on your past successes and realize, like, you're probably doing a pretty good job, but just keep going. Be patient. Um, the next one is talk to your ideal client, past, present, and future. And so what I mean by that is like, um, you know, just connect with those people. You never know the value and the value that you're going to provide and, and the connection that you're going to make for somebody now, how that may show up down the line. I mean, Ray, I've worked with several people in my coaching practice who I went to high school with. Um, and that's kind of crazy because I don't, I don't even like live in that area anymore. You know what I mean? Like, so it's just, it's been really cool. You never know, like, just put yourself out there and, and show people what you, how you can help them and, you know, provide and that value that you can provide. And you may ever, never know how that, you know, comes back around. And then the next thing is last thing I recommend doing is asking for help, seeking out mentors or, you know, supports people um, and work toward outsourcing or systematizing like what drains you or what is just not in your zone of genius or your best zone of genius. Like I may really enjoy making content, but that is not the best use of most of my time. And so I can do parts of that. I can have, you know, definitely contribute to how I want that to look and, and show up, but I'm in a position now where I can outsource a little bit more of that. And that allows me to spend more time coaching my people, which is the most important thing. So those are nice. my three. All right. What are the don'ts? So don'ts, this is one I mentioned earlier on is don't put all of your eggs in one basket. And I think a lot of people learned this through learning this in the middle of the pandemic. I mean, look at all the restaurants, how so many of them were able to pivot and, you know, offer, um, more, more like better takeout services. They were able to offer food delivery, um, able to, you know, where they were like serving people just out outdoors and, you know, maybe not able to let people inside of the restaurant, but so, but that at the same time, so many restaurants ended up having to close as well, you know? So if you are a business owner, you have to be able to pivot. You have to be able to um, improvise and uh, innovate. You have to be solutions oriented. There's gonna be things, roadblocks, and things that you you stumble or you make mistakes or that you know you fall down, but you have to be able to get back up and and come back stronger and be able to change. You look like and that that pivot thing is so huge. I, I incorporated my first business that I still own and operate today in 2001. So if you look at the last 20 years, what have we had? Uh, we've had some housing stuff. We had a recession. We had a global pandemic. It, the, whatever you call that obstacle, it's going to happen again. So Holly kind of nailed it on the pivot thing. All right, I'll let you continue. Cool. And then just to kind of uh, on that same token, like, like I mentioned about, you know, maybe not necessarily being on all the different social media outlets or trying to spread yourself too thin, but showing up in different ways, because when somebody does look you up, you know, they may find me on Instagram, but then they're going to Google me and they're going to come up, stumble upon my business profile where I've got a bunch of reviews there. 
and then they might land on my website and then they may want to see what I'm up to on Facebook, you know, so not that I need to be, you know, trying to like spend hours and hours and hours in all those different spots, um, or even like I mentioned some of the in-person stuff. So just putting yourself out there in a way that you can be consistent with and, and authentic with. Um, then the next one I'll say is don't, don't forget to, I think for business owners and this one, you know, resonates with me, um, just as a, as a trainer, but I think this can apply to any business owner is don't neglect your own stress, your own health, your own fitness. Um, this is something that I often see in new trainers. They're getting started and they're getting excited about maybe starting their own going off on their own, maybe they, they started out in a gym and they were training people there and then they start to, you know, want to do their own thing. Um, but then all of a sudden, like they're training people from 5 a.m. until 8 p.m. and they're forgetting to get their own workouts in or they're neglecting their own stress. You know, I, I tripped over some stairs yesterday and first thing I did, you know, I'm, I'm actually going to go to urgent care tonight to have it looked at because my foot hurts. And like, if my foot hurts, then like I need to get it taken care of and looked at. And so this could be like your physical health, but also like your mental health, your spiritual health, like whatever it is. Um, don't be so bogged down in your business that it's your only thing. You have to be able to like, make sure you're taking care of yourself. Um, and then the last thing I would say is like, don't wait until you have everything figured out, right? This might surprise you. You mentioned my website several times is uh, I did not publish my website until almost three years after I'd started my LLC because I kept thinking it had to be perfect and I had to figure out it needed to just look a certain way and it <laughs> had to be just perfect and like and that you know who knows what that you know could, if I would have just gotten that established back in 2015 maybe you know who knows what that could have meant mm -hmm. but um don't wait until you have everything figured out and I see this, like, I see this in fitness. Like I've had people message me like, I really want to do a powerlifting competition, but I feel like I need to get stronger first. I need to make sure I hit these lifts. And I'm like, no, you're not getting paid to be in a powerlifting competition. You just go do it. You never know like what that could lead to, you know? Um, and in business, like you're, you're not gonna have everything figured out. So you're going to learn along the way through experience. I think whatever perceived failure, like if you can gain feedback from that and just, apply that toward, you know, to just take that next step forward. Um, I think that it can apply in a lot of areas of life that you don't have to have it all figured out, but especially in business, like just, just execute. And then you'll, you'll figure out some of it along the way, along with asking people, people for help and, you know, being aware of your blind spots and things like that. Um, but if you're thinking about like making that next move, if you're not making a move or taking that next step, like you're not, you're not moving forward. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. So what else would you add? So we've covered a lot and, and our hour is about up and I don't want to keep you. If we missed anything, we can cover it now. If not, then we can, we can close up. You know, it's funny because you put me on the spot because there were a couple, I should have just added them to my list. I think I, I think I, I think this is about covered it. It's been really fun talking with you. Um, I don't normally get to talk about business. I normally am very much in, in my business, you know, uh, but that, you know, might, might be one thing is don't forget, like as a business owner, you've got to work in your business, but you also have to work on your business. And what I mean by that is um, don't be so consumed with just 
you know, in the trenches coaching or whatever your business is, that you're not able to take a step back and zoom out and take a bird's eye view and look at like the health of your business and the systems and the people that you may or may not have supporting you or, you know, that sort of thing. There's a ton of opportunity in that. And that's something, you know, I was guilty of. And in 2012, the tail end of the recession, it finally hit my brick and mortar business. And I always say our our revenue was off $50,000 in the first calendar quarter of 2012. And at the time I was still training clients like five or six in the morning until late afternoon. Well, the end of the recession, when it hurt us, it forced me to change how I was doing things. We changed our business model. We like four or five X our sales of service revenue and then some. So we're saying 30, 40, 45,000, $50,000 a month. And I was only on the floor with clients like three hours a week. In, in part of, so what happened? Well, I got more efficient. I built systems. I trained other people, taught other people how to do what I did, like a happy meal. So we delivered consistent quality. And then I also was free to spend time working on the business, which as a business owner, we, if we don't do that, we really own a job and there's nothing wrong with that. That's cool. It's good to own a job. If you like what you're doing, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, But if you would like to function as a business owner, well, you have to work on the business. Absolutely. And do that. You know, this is a great time of year to do it for a lot of absolutely. people, you know? Um, so yeah, absolutely. Just, I think just continue to keep your mind open, be yourself. That's another thing. Like it sounds so cliche, but as a business owner, like be yourself, know, know your values, know what's important. Um, show up in that way as much as you can. Nice. Well, I love spending time with you. This, I think this was good. It will take me a little while to cut and splice and put this together. Um, I'm not an expert at that piece. I do my best. It does take me a little while. So hopefully by the end of this week, I'll get it done. That's amazing. And would love to connect again down the road. Um, for you, you didn't ask my opinion or my advice, um, but you're going to get it anyways, because kind of like you just said, said, I know who I am. I know who... I know what I am and I don't care so much what others think. Um, one little more social proof on your website, pull that forward, make it front and center. And then the, the second thing is though you are in a good spot, start building some more systems. And I promise you, I really struggled. Like I had a coach in the gym business tell me like, dude, you can't be doing the training. I'm like, yeah, but everybody wants me. Yeah, but you can't, I'm like, they won't do as good a job. And he's like, well, shame on you. If they don't do as good a job, it's because you didn't build a system and you didn't teach them. Yeah. So build the system and teach them. But for you find a way to, even if you don't grow, even if revenue doesn't go up, it probably would be nice to be able to take your foot off the gas a little more. Like if your husband's home and he's not away or even when he is away, so you can do more stuff, family stuff. Right. Uh, and that's, you know, the, the real, real success happens when we can serve just as many people. We don't compromise quality and we can put ourselves on a slight growth trajectory, you know, but I think you've got all the pieces. Like I was impressed by what I saw on your Instagram. I was impressed by your comments when we initially DM'd and really I, I have not 
I got to think about this. To date, I have not asked anybody else that I've talked to from like a cold DM to do a podcast like this. Well, I really appreciate I was so shocked when you like asked me to come on your podcast because I know like you're a business coach and you were like reaching out, you know, doing that outreach. And I was kind of like, no, like I'm fine, you know, uh, which I didn't like, I didn't tell you anything I didn't mean, but I just was like, and so when you reached out, like, I just, I mean, I'll be honest with you, right. I really appreciate your advice or really that free advice. And, um, and I'm going to take it to heart. And I mean, I'll be super honest with you. Like just the fact that you've made such a genuine connection with me, like we're friends. Like if I need anything, I'm going to, I'm going to reach out for sure. So I hope you know that, like, I really appreciate your time and I appreciate this opportunity. It's yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, super cool of you. And I, when I, and literally when I looked at your Instagram, I'm like, well, this, this is the first mistake everybody doing online coaching is making. Like their profile is not optimized for their target audience. They haven't even defined the niche they want to serve. And I'm like, she has it. <laughs> like, this is cool. Like, I want to learn more. Yeah, that's, oh, that's super cool. Yeah. No, I'm look, um, do you know Matthew Park? Have you heard that? I do not, but I'll put that in my notes. And, yeah. and also I have more than one monitor. So if it looks like I'm not, I haven't been paying attention, it's because I'm looking at the bigger monitor. No, you're good. You're good. Um, Matthew Park with one T. Okay. He's, he's another business coach, but he's, um, he's somebody that I reached out to right after I had my second daughter and I was Ray, I was literally teaching privately homeschooling my older daughter. Uh, I was three months postpartum and I was trying to grow my business and we had just moved from Japan to Missouri and we were only there for 10 months. And I was short move. I was working from 5 a.m. until 9 p.m. at night in some way. And I got to the point where I just was like, I told my husband, I said, we got to send my older daughter to public school because I can't have three full-time jobs and I need to get a babysitter a couple of hours a week. And I, you know, I was able to connect with Matthew and he helped me systematize a lot of things and really took kind of that bird's eye view of my business. And he helped me. I only worked with him for a short time, but he was, it was really impactful and he was a big help for me. And so, um, you know, but that's just an example of lots of different things I had to like, you know, work. Um, and so, but he was able to help me so that during that time that I had a babysitter, like three times a week for three or four hours, I was able to do so much work in, you know, such a powerful way that I was able to have more time to do everything else. And I, and it really helped me grow to where I am now. And it's great. I mean, I feel very, very fortunate. So it's, uh, I mean that, but that, you know, don't, don't discredit your work and effort. You're fortunate because your work. And that was, that was our deal in 2012. Like I was, I was getting my ass kicked and I was like, we can't three more quarters of this is a $200,000 hole in revenue. Like I don't, I don't have, we, we, we will exhaust our corporate accounts or, or damn near. And I hired the most expensive consultant in the industry who I never hired prior because he was the most expensive. And he said, was you it? have the right pieces. What's that? Do you mind if I ask who it was? No, it, it was Thomas Plummer. I was he, like, said, he said, connect this to this. And here's how you do it. And I'm like, no. And he's like, yeah, he goes, you, and I'd been told years prior that I shouldn't be training like I was, but it was all profit. If I trained people, it was all margin, all of it. And, but I did, I, I systemized our coaching and training and we would do like 
six or 8,000 a month in personal training with me doing most of it to 20,000, 25,000, 30,000. And I wasn't doing any of it. I had like one or two clients. I had one client I saw three days a week and one that I saw maybe once a week. And I kept, kept them because I'd had them since like 2007. But yeah, it was paying somebody else, having them say, knock it off. Like, look, just give this a shot. Yeah. And that, you know, that sometimes it's like the simplest things. And also just, I think somebody else kind of telling you, you know, Hey, like I see this and you know it, like you probably knew it, but okay. You're right. You know, (laughs) maybe you're right. Maybe I don't have to get up at four in the morning anymore. Maybe I don't need to be at work from five until seven at night. It may, maybe other people, you know, I was guilty of that too. Maybe other people can be good traders as well. Wow. What an idea. It's kind of a, it's kind of um, an ego thing where you're kind of like, well, I'm, you know, like the financial piece, but also kind of like, well, I, they want me, you know? Right. Absolutely. And that was in, in like, you mentioned the time thing and then I'll be respectful of your time. I'll let you go. Like waiting till you have everything figured out in your website that took a couple of years to become live. I wrote a book in 2003 and it didn't go to print till 2012 because I was afraid people would steal my ideas. So like- the, And now you probably have free ideas that you just gave me free advice. You get free ideas all the time, you know? I didn't see it that way. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, it, and that's where it with experience becomes wisdom. And you have to spend the time to learn these things. I had this conversation earlier today with somebody and ironically it was in regards to that book. I had somebody wanted to print the book. Like there was a book, but what, what, there was a book on weight loss. So it was kind of the nuts and bolts of the, the, the approach to better eating for weight loss. And so I wrote a book called eat by color. I color coded the food groups not vegetables are green. Like I color coded them and I taught better eating it like children's paint by number. Mm-hmm. So the magazine, they wanted to print the, the eat by color piece, like what made the book, what it was. And I was like, no way I can't do that. That was the biggest mistake I ever made. People have <laughs> looked at that and said, wow, this is super simple and easy. I can do this. I should pick up the book. Yeah. And now you look back and now I look back and like the individual I was, I was, I was meeting with earlier today. I said, no, give, give the value. Yeah. Like it's okay. Especially if it, and in his case, it's a digital environment. So it's not like you have print costs or labor costs or raw material costs. Just give it. It's okay. It'll come back that's, in tenfold. That's why I'm okay with people, you know, if they DM me and they just have, you know, something that I can address pretty quickly, like, Hey, what kind of protein powder do you recommend or something like just sometimes just giving them some little crumbs and they, that means a lot to them. You're making that connection. You're putting that time in a little bit of free advice or, you know, but then they know like, okay, this person will help me. And, you know, if I want a little bit more support, you know, and if they don't, and, and the other thing, you know, if they don't, who cares? Exactly. It, it might've taken five or 10 minutes. Who cares? Yeah. It's all right. Maybe someone else gives you 20 minutes, you know, down the road, who cares? It's all right. 100%. But no, I think you're, I think you're on track, systemize more so that you can 
you can grow and and maybe that growth is more free time yeah. while maintaining revenue. And don't be afraid. You can so one other thing, if you bring coaches on, you always have to remember the relationship is with HD fitness. Do not ever build up another coach, build up HD fitness and present HD fitness as you have a system that can be delivered by any of your staff and their results and outcome are the same. If you build up an individual, they'll leave and take your clients. In 2009, I'm, I moved my health club, doubled our square footage, built out a huge Pilates teaching studio. And the night before I moved, the lady that was in charge of my Pilates programming showed up with her husband. He informed me she wasn't moving with me. A few weeks later, she was open in her own facility and she took three to $4,000 a month in Pilates revenue from me. Now, the good news was I hadn't bought the four or five new tanning beds we were going to buy. So I had that capital instead of buying tanning beds, that capital offset that three to $4,000 a month loss. Yeah. So you always protect the castle. Wrote it down. Yeah. I'll keep that in mind for sure. And there's, there's documents that, that we use and we give them to our clients that prevent employees from stealing your systems. Yeah. stealing your customers or stealing your other employees. Yeah. And that's the part I think that, you know, I would, I would probably want, you know, some help with down the road is that part, because that's the part where when I think about bringing somebody new on, I'm like, Oh, but I don't know about the messy stuff, you know? Um, so it's weird though, because I did a little bit of that when I was managing a gym in person, but with my own business, it's like, it feels more intimidating. So. Oh, absolutely. And it, because it is, and because now there's an emotional connection between you and your business. Yeah. That's far greater than there was between you functioning in a manager capacity with somebody else's business. But right. we'll keep, keep in touch when this is done. I'll let you know. Um, it should turn out. Okay. It said it's been recording the whole time. I'll uh, typically I'll take the raw video, I'll cut it up, I'll edit it, and there'll be a video piece, and then there there will be an audio piece. The audio piece will go to podcasting, and then the video piece will end up on YouTube at some point, and then on somewhere on my one of my websites. That's great. Well, and as that as that happens, I'll let you know. That sounds great. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, thank you for your time. Uh, tell your husband thank you for his service. Because he goes and leaves and spends weekends and months away. Um, I get to do what I do, which is pretty cool. And even so my first book, because you're a military family, I'll share this. I had a good friend was an officer in the Marine Corps at the start of the last Iraqi conflict. And he was on a float. What branch is your husband in? Air Force. Okay. So he was on a float. So he was on a boat back from Iraq like quite literally a slow boat home. Yeah. And I was emailing him all this nutrition stuff and he messaged me back and he said, damn it, take everything you sent me and dumb it down. He's like, where I just came from, the dumbest under my command had to execute the mission. So I'm like, Jesus, he's college educated. He's an officer in the Marine Corps, just spent a few months at war. He can't understand what I just sent him with food. And it's kind of what you said. I was speaking in my vernacular, not his. That mistake too. So I re I, I, I wrote eat by color and I color coded the food groups. And I'm like, 
here. That's so cool. That's where that came from. Yep. That's neat. Well, thanks, Ray. It was great to meet right. you. Same you, here. And we'll keep in touch. All right. See you, Holly. Bye-bye.